Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. All new pre-owned inventory. And it's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Or at sunburymotors.com. Rich Garcella from the Reading Eagles going to join us today as Penn State spring football continues. Well, the latest updates there. And Neil Kulong going to join us today um, as we continue with the NFL offseason. NFL draft just a couple weeks away. Creeping up on us real quick here at the end of the month, April 28th. That weekend is the NFL draft So in Cleveland. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Plus, James Conner officially will not be playing football in Pittsburgh as he just signed a one-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals today. And it's kind of significant for him in a sense because, really, he's played football in Pittsburgh his entire life. High school, played at Pitt, obviously played with the Steelers, and this is his first team outside Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, when you put that all together. So, no James Conner back, so now their running back holes kind of continue a little bit for the Steelers. A lot of talk as to maybe they target a guy like Najee Harris from Alabama in the first round. I think that definitely could be more of a reality now, but we'll get the latest from Neil on that a little bit later on in the show. As far as the NBA is concerned, real quick note there, uh, Jamal Murray from the Nuggets torn ACL out indefinitely. That's huge for top seeding in the West. And even if you're a Sixer fan, I know we got a few here in this area. That is something to keep an eye on as well because the Nuggets were kind of a thorn in the side of the Sixers this year should they get to the NBA final. They have a very good chance, of course, to do so. Big game with the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow night for first place in the East. Winner also gets the tiebreaker among the among the regular season series, too. So just a quick note there from the NBA. And now we go to baseball. The Phillies and Mets are going to be doing a doubleheader today to start their series at City Field because of the rain out last night. So first pitch is at 4-10, so we'll keep you up to date on that. It is Anderson and Walker today for the Phillies and Mets, respectively. And then at 
is game two, and that is going to be Aaron Nola and Marcus Stroman. So that'll be a big pitching matchup for the nightcap, and of course it'll all be on Eagle 107. Also NHL tonight, Flyers and Caps at 7. Flyers just... <laughs> I've just been completely embarrassing once again. And the they take on the Caps tonight, battling with the Islanders right now for the top seed. And the Flyers made some minor moves yesterday. They, re they signed Scott Lawton into a long-term deal. They got rid of Eric Gustafson. They got rid of... Uh, Michael Roffel, who actually went to the Caps, he won't play tonight against the Flyers. And it's just the same old, same old with them. Just mediocre, not getting over the hump. And I... I it, it's it's really... It, I think it might be time to move on some other from some other cornerstone players. I'm not ready to fully say Giroux yet, but I, I'm pretty much there with a guy like Jacob Voracek. And... Carter Hart is just still not right either in the net. Lost some confidence. Uh, the defense in front of him has been atrocious most of this year, so it's not all him, but it's led, it's contributed to his mindset. So the Flyers have a lot of decisions to make this offseason, and I'm not quite sure where Chuck Fletcher is right now as far as the amount of trust of him going forward, and I think you got to give Elaine Vignon at least one more year just to see how things go. But this is definitely a major step backwards this season has been for the Flyers. Really since their COVID pause, but I think you can't really blame it on that. I think this was just the team that they are, and they got off to a hot start early on in the year. I know they got the Pens later on this week, too. And the Pens getting a former ex-Flyer, Jeff Carter, at the trade deadline yesterday. That's a big move. And Jordan Hall is going to Boston. From Buffalo. There were a couple of big moves in the NHL trade deadline yesterday. You know, the Penguins, they didn't look so hot early on, but now look out. Tristan Jari's playing, continues to play well in the net. And I know everybody's older, but you know what? They're still playing well. The, the, the East Division, I think, has been probably one of the best, if not the best division in hockey. With the Islanders and the Caps and the Pens, Bruins. It's been a good division this year. So we definitely will uh, have to keep an eye on that. So it looks like we're having a couple connection issues with Steve, but I'm sure we will get that resolved. So we will take a break, and Steve will rejoin us from the Sunbury Motor Studio as we continue here on the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, it's 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. After a couple of miserable days, now we've got a beautiful day going on here today. Great day to go out to the lot and look. Um, uh, unfortunately uh, for us here, I don't, you know, I've mentioned this a couple times. Going into Thanksgiving, we had four dogs, which is, you know that, Matt. We had four dogs going into Thanksgiving. That's right. 
As of today, we have one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we lost... Now, two of them were really old. Okay. Now, I'd like to have a definition of what really old means before I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but two of them were really old. Right before Christmas, we had a seven-year-old uh, female. Just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, got Logie and a, a couple... I mean... A dog that had a healthy appetite suddenly like stopped eating and literally, literally, three days before Christmas passed away in my arms. Right, I remember that. Yeah. Then we had a 16-year-old male, which was part of the original litter uh, that my wife did many moons ago. And what she did was she gave this dog to her parents. Where her father has since died, and her mother, unfortunately, is in a nursing home. So the last few years, we took the dog back. And, you know, great dog. But he was 16, and, you know, he had multiple things finally wrong with him at the age of 16. So, unfortunately, lost him. Now, today, the original one, talk about the original litter. Well, the original, you know, the mom is 18, 18 and a half. And had, had that one today. Ah. Like, this is all in a span of three and a half months. Like, you got to be kidding me. That's a rough now, stretch. Sorry to hear. Now, 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 two of them you expect. Right. right. Yeah, one's 16, one's 18, you know. But the seven-year-old was, I mean, it, that, that was tough. Uh, but, yeah. Um, so my poor wife had... It, had to do it this afternoon. Had to take the dog in. It's it can't see, it can't hear. Although my theory has always been it had selective hearing. Uh, <laughs> that was that was just me, my personal opinion. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's the one. This is the one that Kevin always said that uh, you, you laugh as to how I talk to the dog. This is that dog. Um, I see. But yeah. But there's only one left and this dog and this dog has an issue. There's one left. She's oh, gonna boy. be eight in eight in two weeks. Three yeah, two weeks. All right. You gotta be kidding me. So needless to say, uh they're on the hunt <laughs> for um, um they're on the hunt for another dog. I mean, you don't think I'm going to go that long without a dog. You know, no, I mean, I'm talking about it. I'm not the one looking. So, I'm not the one looking. But. That was going to be my next question. Are you going to reload here? Oh, well, I told her, you do whatever you want. Don't worry about it. You know, you get you get whatever you want from wherever you want. Okay. I mean, it's, I remember it was Father's Day... 2004 and she got this dog from Europe so I had to drive to Kennedy Airport on Father's Day to pick it up and the poor thing was in a crate and it was shipped overseas you know then you know what the first person in America she sees is me I mean <laughs> that dog wanted to go back to Europe right away like you gotta be kidding me this is what I ended up with <laughs> what 
guys are nuts. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so not the not the easiest day on the face of the earth. Um, because of that. Uh, but we've got Neil Kulong today. We're going to hear from Neil next half hour. Rich Scarcella at 4.06 today. Uh, there's actually uh, the T-Wolves game with the Nets that was postponed last night is being played at 4 this afternoon. And the Red Sox Twins, they have announced, uh, they're playing right now, but this is not the makeup game. This was, I think this was a game that was supposed to be played anyway. And some point they'll make that game up as part of a doubleheader. It's two nothing twins in the top of the fourth at Target Field. The Phillies play the Mets tonight at seven ten. In fact, that's a doubleheader tonight, right? Yep, four ten seven ten. Four ten seven ten. Aaron Nola, Marcus Stroman tonight. Stroman yes, got nine pitch. Yeah, Stroman got nine pitches in. Yes. <laughs> the last time when it was raining. Like okay. Okay, what Mets executive thought, hey, this is great. We'll start. <laughs> what do you mean you'll start? What does that mean? We'll this is start. the Mets we're talking out. about here. It's pouring out. Okay. Oh, I know. It's terrible. Cohen's worth $14 billion. You can give it up for a doubleheader. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not the bargain basement team here. And the game between the Wild and the Blues which was scheduled for across the river in St. Paul. They already rescheduled that for May 12th. James Conner has signed with the Arizona Cardinals. One-year contract. He'll be paired with Chase Edmonds in the Cardinals' backfield for Cliff Kingsbury. And he's back now with James Saxon, who was his position coach with the Steelers in 17-18. Kenyon Drake, of course, left in free agency, went to the Las Vegas Raiders. So they were looking for another running back, and they have found that running back in James Conner. What does that mean for the Steelers' draft? We'll talk about that with Neil Kulong coming up in the next half hour. Meanwhile, Dave Cicchini has Bucknell on the practice field today, getting ready for the Patriot League championship game against Holy Cross on Saturday. Doug Birdsong is cloistered looking at video, practice, and doing chart work for the game. Knowing that his color analyst is on a chaise lounge at Myrtle Beach without a care in the world. No good! No good! No good! I don't need to prepare. I just I do the game by feel. <laughs> Great. Well, this is what I feel. <laughs> I don't think you're ready. <laughs> and we'll hear from Doug on Friday. Well, he might as well. He's the one that knows what's going on. <laughs> That's on uh, 100.9 The Valley, correct? Correct. Yes, on Saturday. They played it interesting. Uh, uh, I'm talking about Bucknell Saturday against Fordham. 
where they were they rested some people as time went. How about that? Exactly. Yes. There'll be no resting this time around. There'll be only one person resting on Saturday. (laughs) But that's okay. He does the game by feel. Don't need to prepare. (laughs) Yeah, let's go do the Rose Bowl. I think I'll go to Hawaii first. Then I'll just pop in. Do the Rose Bowl. Really? That's our guy. That's the example to the youth of America right there. How do you want to how do you want to advance in broadcasting? Right? I don't think I'm going to use that as an example. With my class. You could either throw everything you have into it and give the audience a great performance or you could just go on vacation. Let me guess. This was the only week the mansion was available at Myrtle Beach. (laughs) All I know is this was, I guess, planned after he got fully vaccinated, and that was it. And he's going to be back in time for the game. That's all I was told. Just so you know, I mean, we knew this game was a possibility weeks ago. Like, next weekend, we know there's no game. Unless they win. True. Now his vacation will be all messed up. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by... Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. All backed by the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, go over the lot. Start dreaming. And then they'll make the dreams come true. Right within the confines of your budget. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Before we continue, let's go live now to Myrtle Beach where the suit is preparing. screams, I'm all ready for the championship game. Huh? Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Yeah, call the lifeguard. All right. Um, <laughs> it's just... <sighs> we all want to do big games in our career. Um, and then this happens. Uh, 
Let's take it seriously. Okay, here we go. F O U L E D, that spells Falda. See, now there's a guy that is prepared, knows his team inside and out, knows the opponent inside and out, and injects some personality into it. Meanwhile, you've got other people that are do the game so relaxed that even when they're at the game, their comments just wash away in the sand. <laughs> With that, we bring in somebody who's all, always ultra-prepared, the outstanding Neil Kulong. Sir, welcome. Great to have you with us. Great to be here as always. Thanks for having me. Oh, uh, no, it's great to have you with us. All right, so... Uh, James Conner is a Cardinal. No surprise he's not a Steeler. Uh, your thoughts on the fit with Arizona? Um, I, I think we saw enough of James Conner over the years to see that he can be reasonably effective on three downs. That isn't to say he's going to be a Le'Veon Bell in 2014-level receiver, but uh, he can block fairly well. Uh, he can catch passes. He can play in the open field. Um, getting on the field in the first place has been primary concerns one through five with Connor. And I, I think the fact that he had um, a, an injury in the offseason um, on a four wheeler only suggests that it's really a, a continued issue for him. But it's a one year contract. I kind of figured that that's the type of market that he was going to get for a team that doesn't necessarily look to run the ball all the time. Um, but in the game of football where you need to, to still be able to pick up short yardage in tight, uh, he's the type of guy that can give you uh, options, uh, whatever down in distance. He can be a valuable player. That said, he might not even make the team. I think if anything, um, the, the signing of Connor would suggest that the team is looking to address the running back position early. He's the kind of guy that can spell – uh, a, a feature back, which you kind of think that's what a team like the Cardinals would be doing if they right. drafted um, a, a player in the, the first or second round. Um, not a player who can and should come in and expect to get 23 touches a game. Connor is probably more of a six to seven touch kind of guy. Um, that That's a fit in my mind. And it, this really kind of depends on any type of incentives that they might have given him in this contract. I don't know. Um, the, the the full extent of the deal that he signed, but I, I think it's a decent fit uh, for his makeup for what we know of it. All assuming that he's healthy, and I'm giving an educated guess that they probably are going to address the running back position, and that rookie uh, would be a player who would get the ball uh, by design more than Connor would. Right. He would fit in well in that kind of an environment, and I think that's what they're going to do. Which oddly enough, I think the Steelers are going to do. Um, but Connor's not the guy that they want uh, backing up a rookie, largely because you know Connor has kind of shown them, and their their sure. medical people certainly know uh, he's he's had a tough time staying on the field. So they would need somebody anyway, and they don't want to pay a veteran to do that. Uh, their their current running back room largely suggests that they don't want to pay anybody to do it. So right. uh, what they have now is what they're going to have to go with. But Arizona gets a good player if if they need Connor to to run one game of of twenty carries. I think he'll do fairly well. We've seen him do that in Pittsburgh, um, and and he's a good player. He's a good locker room guy. Uh, he's well liked by his teammates, and uh, I, I I think he'll do well. All right. So now let's get to the Steelers part of it. Anybody who makes the league has to be really good. So we'll establish that. But there is now, within the context of the league, 
you can then be, quote, just another guy. And you and I have talked about this before, Neil, that the Steelers running back room after Connor had a bunch of guys that are in the league's context, just another guy. Benny Snell's just another guy. Samuels is just another guy. McFarlane's just another guy. So does the thought process for the Steelers, does that can it lean running back in the first round when they finally drafted a couple weeks? I I think and I'm taking shelter when I say this, but I I think yes. I think if anything, their moves are largely suggesting uh, they have a pretty solid plan of what they want to do in the first round. If, if we were to look historically over um, position, age to some extent, school, you, you look at all of these things, uh, running back is not off the board for them the way that other teams might feel that it is. Um, and it, most of the people saying you can get a good running back in other rounds, well, well, the Steelers can't. In case you haven't noticed, they wouldn't be looking at all for a running back in right. the first round if they ever drafted anybody who wasn't a Jag, a just another guy. Just a guy is usually what I hear. And that, that's, that's you know, a fair comparison for, for what they have in their, their uh, running back room right now. Um, it, it wouldn't be a situation where James Conner was head and shoulders better than everybody else that they had. They need to get a stud. They need to get a guy that they can rely on to play three downs, to play consistently. And that doesn't mean that you have to return to you know Jerome Bettis power running, power trap style football. It just means that they need to get a guy that they can count on who can gain more than three and a half yards, which I believe is collectively what that room averages. Certainly it goes down when you add Bellage in there, a player that doesn't make any sense at all for anybody. If anything, putting Bellage in there only proves that they're going to draft a running back high. Uh, I, I think that's what they're going to do. That would be my guess if I was sitting here today. Um, I can see why that might be wrong, but I'll tell you this. If they don't in the first, they absolutely will in the second. They're not going to go into the third round for a running back. Um, they, they don't have one. There's not one out there on the market who can be justified uh, to have a higher salary than what they have right now. They need to be able to run the ball better. There, there are protection issues, there are scheme issues, and there are personnel issues. Uh, they don't have a running back who can reasonably uh, carry the load for a team. And this is a team that wants to have a primary back. I, I think they're going to draft him. And it, at 24, what you're really kind of representing is that late in the first round, you're ensuring that you get the guy that you want uh, who probably won't be on the board of 55. That's kind of what the 24th pick turns into for the Steelers. Uh, they have lots of holes. There, there are lots of positions they could address. But I think overall running back, uh, I, just my prediction, I think the best player uh, of, of a, a significant position of need, of which there are a couple for the Steelers, uh, I think that best player is going to be a running back. and I, I think that's the direction they're going to go. Then what's the temptation on offensive line? Is there enough depth on the offensive line in this draft where they can go into rounds two and three and draft offensive linemen? I think the bigger problem is I don't think there's enough depth on their offensive line to ignore it. Um, interesting side note that people don't seem to understand. The Steelers have not drafted an offensive tackle in the first round in 24 years. Right. That was um, Jermaine Stevens, mm -hmm. who oddly enough is only one of three players in that same amount of time that were drafted from a non-Power 5 school. Right. So you look at a very obvious trend in the Steelers of that time, which is largely, not entirely, but largely the Kevin Colbert era of, of drafting. They've wanted the big school guys, and they felt that they can develop tackles as well as cornerbacks. These are two positions they've mostly ignored in the first round for a very long time. 
Um, I can't say that tackle is not a position of need, mostly because the guy they seem to be lining up to play left tackle played 14 snaps at right tackle last year and tore his ACL. There are a lot of problems with that scenario. And he's kind of the guy that they have. They're going to back him up with a rookie. So uh, a second-round rookie or a second-round tackle makes sense if they're going to stick with with their kind of tried-and-true history of not drafting a tackle in the first. I think that position makes sense. But I don't know how. Those are are two positions that they are likely going to need – to be able to compete at least for a starting job this year or next year. I don't know how they can get away with uh, not selecting one of those in a premium round. I don't think they have the scratch to trade up this year. I don't think they want to trade picks for next year. Um, This isn't the year for them to to trade up for a player, certainly not past the first round. Um, For for me, for my money, I think they're going to have to address uh, the offensive tackle position in the sense that we want a guy that can make Zach Banner expendable next year. Mm-hmm. We want a guy that can challenge Chuck Sikorafor for a job this year and, and make losing him next year okay. They have to get that guy now, in my opinion. But I said the exact same thing last year. Uh, they, they still didn't do it. So I, I don't know. They, they handle their tackle position um, with, without fear. I mean, they really don't seem to mind losing any of the players that they have because when you lose Calvin Beecham, you find Alejandro Villanueva, even right. the guy that they had been developing for, for how many other years. Ramon Foster retires. You have Matt Filer um, kicked inside after Matt Filer replaced, uh, was it Chris Hubbard at that point yeah. or Marcus Gilbert or both? They, they're finding guys from all depths of the draft with the exception of the first round. Uh, to play on the outside. And by and large, they're getting good players on the interior. Uh, we've, we've seen that the high-level guys get replaced by uh, you know, lesser-known guys who have been developed by them for a couple of years. At, at some point, though, they need to get a, a starting-level tackle that, that's cheap. They're not going to be able to buy every position next year, even if that's kind of what they're uh, – right now, what they're representing their plan is. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough situation. Um, they have more needs than they have premium picks. So they're going to have to knock a few out of the park, and they're probably going to have to make a lot of the guys that they have now who aren't very good a lot better. What was your take on the athletic story about Howie Roseman and the Eagles? I mean, it probably made Washington football fans feel better about <laughs> about their ownership because they never feel good about them, so they could at least look at the Eagles' ownership. It was crazy. It wasn't too long ago Howie Roseman was being carried around on Philadelphia's shoulders. I mean, he, he put together a Super Bowl champion winning team. And I, I understand that the issues that have come up uh, as far as their roster goes, um, it, it hasn't worked out as far as, you know, repeating as champion or getting back to that. But there are a lot of things that, that come with it. It's not easy to repeat in this league. Um, everyone's going to say up and down right now, Kansas City and Tampa Bay are, are the two best teams in football. Well, we know that. Um, free agency, the draft, progression, wear and tear, all those things come into play. A, a guy like Roseman shot for the moon, and he hit it once, and he has missed fairly badly ever since then. I get overall what, what the, the angst is uh, toward the team, but they're not in a terrible position either. Um, it, we've talked about this. The salary cap is not as much a, a, a level of deterrence as people want to make it out to be. And it's kind of a problem this year. And this is a year in which the cap probably should be at 210, 215, and it's at 185 because of a global pandemic. 
that became a problem for some teams. I think Philadelphia was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, it's a one-year blip. Every team sort of has that, unless you're Darth Belichick. You, you haven't planned out for this eventuality and found a way to kind of circumvent the process and cut out half of the market to be able to buy all the free agents for, for one year. Remains to be seen how well that that's going to work out for him. But I don't think Philadelphia's in a bad spot overall. Um, I, I like Jalen Hurts. I still think they're in a position mm-hmm. to to, uh, to potentially get a good quarterback. I think there's going to be one there for them should they want to do that. But you know, it, it, this is this is part of the NFL. You know, it, you have to build a roster every single year. You you don't get no matter how you know quote unquote good at the cap you are. It matters with the players you have year in and year out. There's no guarantee what they're going to be like in three years. So okay, you the, have to make with it what you have. Then why? What is the dynamic that makes Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin work? My opinion is because they stick to a certain philosophy, and they're not they're not going to overspend in a year that they, the opportunity is not there. That has to come for them to do it. Uh, point in fact, Minka Fitzpatrick is the only guy they've tra- they've ever traded a first round pick for under under Colbert. There's a reason they did that. It looked like pretty solid bet that the value of the pick they gave up is going to diminish greatly when they get a player like this on the field. Without it, then that pick is probably going to be a lot higher than than it would have been otherwise. If Minka Fitzpatrick wasn't on that team, they wouldn't have won five games. They were brutal, and he scored half their points for them. Right. I mean, it, as as messed up as it was, they needed him, and they made the move. So when the opportunity was there, they'll take it. Um, Ryan Shazier gets paralyzed. Ryan Shazier was a step away from a, a five-year contract extension. Right. He was going to be the foundation of their defense moving forward. He gets paralyzed. They don't have a linebacker. Not only right. do they not have Ryan Shazier, they're trotting Sean Spence out there for playoff right. games. That's Sean right. Spence didn't play for three months. Right. They had to put him out there against a running team in the playoffs, and they got the pants beat off of them. So, really, you, you look at the opportunity then to trade up to get Devin Bush, who is pretty a pretty legitimate prospect. I mean, I, I, I was probably more into Devin White than Devin Bush, but – you can see where that's going, but sure. Devin Bush is, is an excellent player. He's he's done really well. I think he's better than Shazier was at, at this point in his career. So they they needed to make a move. They made the move. Um, you put all of those together, and they have a, a run of very atypical Steelers drafts. But they're they're coming to the other side of it. I think this is kind of the year where they're going to have to pay the piper a little bit. But they're in a good position moving forward because they've planned all this out and they've stuck true to what they do and, and to a formula that works. The counter to that is, well, when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, slinging at the best he ever has in his career, that makes up for a lot of sins. And I guess we'll find out, you know, sooner rather than later, uh, how much that's covered up everything. And if that's not just simply what the answer is, when you have that good of a quarterback, you know, you can make mistakes and they get covered up very easily. You have to do a lot to not be good if you have a good quarterback. I think that is largely true across the NFL. And and maybe the Eagles just didn't have the quarterback play that they needed to to justify a roster that got old really, really fast. You know, it, it, it's it's more the, the Steelers' ability to hang on to what they need to hang on to, to, to let go of, of what they don't and do the best with what they have. And the results have been – we, we tend to not look at championships if you evaluate a team over a 10, 20-year right. period. Um, over 20 years, they've done great. Over five, 
no, the fans are, are pretty upset about most things that are going on. And bad news for them, they're not going to win it this year either. So it, it might not be all that great on a year-to-year basis, but they consistently compete for playoff spots. And from there, who knows what might happen. Um, we'll, we'll see. I, honestly, I think that the best job uh, Kevin Colbert is going to do in his career is going to be over these next two years. And I think he's probably going to retire after that. Next year is so up in the air, which is definitely not Steeler-like. Maybe the plan is he's going to let go next year. I don't know. But they don't have half a roster signed. They, they didn't sign any free agents to longer than one-year deals with essentially team options for, for second years. Uh, I, I don't know the direction they're trying to go in right now. All of this is very different for them. So up to this point, I think they've done a great job kind of trying to keep things on an even keel for what they normally do. And they've had a couple breaks. They've had a couple setbacks. But generally speaking, they've more or less competed, um, not at the highest level, but only one team. It used to be one team. Now it's really only one quarterback that seems to win championships everywhere he goes. So um, I don't know how how poorly the Steelers have done in reference to 31 other team or 30 other teams uh, most years in the last 20. Well, you're always focused and locked in, sir. Thank you so much. Appreciate it very much. As always, you are the man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You guys have a good one. That's Neil Kulong. Uh, Let's uh, go back down live to Preparation Central with the Patriot League Championship game coming up and the color analyst for the game getting ready. Probably wouldn't be my method, but whatever works. I mean, all right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 